Hello, Tendai, and welcome to the Rare Birds podcast. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing really, really well. Excited to have you on this evening and to share your inspiring story with my audience. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor. (laughs) The pleasure is all mine. The pleasure is all mine. So welcome again to the podcast. It's really great to have you on. I'm really ecstatic to to share your story. Um, But before we jump in, how about you telling us a little bit about where you're from? I'm from Southern Africa, Zimbabwe to be specific. Awesome. And tell us a little bit about your life in Zimbabwe, you know, your city where you come from, maybe about your family life and what it was like prior to coming to China. Um, I, I was born in a family of four and I'm the eldest. <laughs> and uh, I grew up in a small city called Rusape, a city which is in between two big cities in Zimbabwe. Uh, my life growing up was was really exciting and adventurous. Uh, I grew up with uh, two very strict parents, but very loving parents. They played a vital role in my life in regards with uh, what I'm doing right now. I remember we would always visit an orphanage, which was really close to my primary school. And it was also opposite my church. So we'd always visit, and from then on, I really wished that I could help these um, children, you know. So it was really exciting growing up in in my family. And also being a firstborn, I I did learn to be very responsible. In our culture, when you're the eldest, you carry a lot of responsibilities for for your siblings. So, Mm. yeah. And uh, before coming to China, life was very interesting. I could say I'm a mother of um, I'm a mother of two biological children, mm-hmm. and um, we I, I remarried and we we have six children. <laughs> oh wait, My. wait, okay. Okay, one second, because we're jumping into the, the, the good, the inspiring part. I don't want to get there yet. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. So you're from Zimbabwe. What city are you from in Zimbabwe? Rusape. Rusape. And you, yeah. you had two very sort of strong, disciplined, I guess, what we call traditional Zimbabwean African parents. Can yes. you say that? Yes, okay, and you did. <laughs> and what, which, 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 what is your ethnic group? Which group are you from? Your tribe? Uh, Shona. Shona, Shona. It's, okay, the Shona yes, people. The Shona people, the, yeah, the Shona tribe. Okay, awesome. And you said you were the eldest of four, so there was a lot of responsibility on you. Yes, a, a lot of responsibility. Because according to our culture as 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 the eldest you're supposed to set an a good example for your siblings and Absolutely. also kind of take care of of the other siblings uh, you know so yeah it was a, a, a huge responsibility on my shoulders mm, okay so how how apart far apart are you with your siblings in terms of age um my sister that comes after me we have like a five-year gap and Mm. the other one we have like a 10-year gap 
but with my brother we have like an 11 year old 11 year gap so yeah wow yeah so there was a lot of pressure on you a lot of yes a lot of pressure and uh you know back in the day the professionals like the professionals like teachers and policemen were the in thing <laughs> you know so my yeah. my parents did set a high bar for me as well you know they really set a good example in that aspect as well so it was so much pressure for me yeah yeah okay so then you jumped into you said you have two kids you were married okay we we're not there yet so you graduate from secondary school did you go to yes. university or did you get married I what, what did you do i went to college but i got married first i got married very young i got married mm. at the age of like 18 <laughs> okay okay well you were still an adult was that something that you wanted or was that what your family wanted or or how did that happen it was actually something that my family didn't want because mm. my mom as an educator she 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 wasn't really forthcoming when i got married and my dad was like he didn't want to give us a marriage blessing because he was like this is my baby how can this happen but mm. well yes but then the aunties and everybody else were like she's going to go anywhere because this girl appears as if she's in love so in my country they do pay bride price Right, right, yeah. Yeah, so this guy came with the bride prize and my dad in the beginning he really didn't want to accept the bride prize, but mm. eventually he did. He was he was like for my daughter, I want her to be happy. So right. so he did, but yeah, they weren't very happy with that. For those who aren't familiar with a bride price because different cultures do this but it's called different things. So for yeah. example, if you're in South Asia, it might be called a dowry, you know, if you're in in say an Arab culture, it might be called something else. Every culture has has a something. Like for you you say bride price. What does that mean in in Shona culture in 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 Zimbabwe or wherever you find Shona people? Cuz I think you're also in are Shona people in South Africa too or just Zimbabwe? Yes. Yes, okay. so Shona people are in South Africa as well. Right, but so Shona people come from the southern Zimbabwe. Yes, they come from the southern, southern part. part of Africa, but mainly in Zimbabwe. Got it. So tell us um, about the, 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 give us some context about bride price. How does it work? And like, what does it mean for those who, who don't know or who don't understand? So for you to be called a married woman, in, in mm -hmm. my country, the man has to pay the bride price. So the bride price comes in the form of money. And then it, it, it also comes in the form of cows. Oh, wow. Like, okay. Yeah. So okay. The, the man has to bring this to your family and your family would say how much they would want him to, to give as bride price. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then he'll pay the bride price, and then he'll get his his wife. And mm -hmm. um, usually, they there is no need to wait for like for the the other wedding, like we call it the white wedding. 
So mm-hmm. once your bride price is paid, you're already someone's wife. It's like a customary law in the court, like customary marriage in the court. Mm. Yeah. Oh, wow. So is the process like you meet a guy and he says, you know, you there's no sort of concept of dating. You you get married. You have intentions to marry. So you meet this guy and he says, I'm going to go ask for, go talk to your father. Is that how it would work? No, you actually date. So you date. Oh, okay, you date. Yeah, so you do yeah, date. You date. Okay, okay. Yes, you, you date. But um, the thing is, I can't go directly to my dad and be like, I want to get married. I have to go to his sister mm-hmm, and tell mm-hmm. his sister that I want to get married. And his sister now then tells my dad that your daughter wants to get married. And then the oh, process begins. Yes, your sister. It's You can't really go direct to tell your dad. That, that you oh. want to get married. Yes, it has to go through his sister. What if he doesn't have a sister? Uh, then you have to find someone else, but um, you just can't go directly and say, Dad, this is me, I want to get married, you know. Oh, okay, so, yeah. so you, t- you spoke to your auntie. Yeah, I spoke to my auntie. Uh, so what happens is, I, we go, we, both of us go to my auntie, and my auntie asks this guy's questions. Like, do you like this girl? How did you meet? Uh, and all of those questions that um, older people ask. And then mm. they'll ask him, so what is it that you want with our, with, with our niece? And then mm. uh, he says he wants to marry. And then they'll be like, okay, we are going to talk to, he, to her parents. And uh, the parents will give us a date. So, yeah, the parents will give us a date to come and get married. So then oh, these wow. guys will come and, and, and marry on that particular day. And it's like a huge ceremony when, when they get married. All relatives are invited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But is there like an exchange? I mean, so, okay, I know you said the auntie will ask questions, but does the dad ask questions too? Does the dad get involved or is the aunt kind of like the liaison between the, the girl, the guy and the dad? So when, when the proceedings start, then the dad and and his brothers take over. Ah, and his brothers, I see. Yes, wow. And his brothers take over, and then they ask you before mm-hmm. they accept this bride price. They'll ask you that, do you know this guy, and are you mm-hmm. sure you want to get married to him for mm-hmm. real? And then you say yeah. yes. And once you say yes, then they'll be like, okay, then now we can take his bride price. We can accept his bride price. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. It okay. Is, it is. Okay. So you went through this con- this whole procedure and you got married at 18. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you were in love? You felt you were in love with this guy? I, yeah. I, I, I felt like I was in love. Like in love. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You met him in, uni- in university, in school, or yeah, you we, knew him from around? I met I met him when I was um, when I was on holiday, like when I finished writing my 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 secondary school. That's when I met this guy. He lived really close to my house, mm-hmm. so when I was doing my computer program then, then I would he would see me like when I would go into town, he would see me, and then that's how we started talking, and that's how. We hooked up and uh, eventually got married. Oh, wow. Okay. So then what happened next? You had two kids. 
Yeah, I, I, I had two kids and then um, I guess I grew up and things didn't uh, didn't work well from there because um, there was a lot of abuse that, that started happening in, mm-hmm. in, in the home, like domestic violence, domestic abuse and all that. But I stayed in the marriage for five years. Until mm. I, I, until you know, I, I just said this is not the life that I want to live. So I ended up leaving my marriage, but it was, um, it was hard because mm. in my culture, in my culture, it's hard for a woman to, to say I'm leaving this this man, you know, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. as much as he was abusive, he would do, he would do his roles as, as the expected husband. Mm. So in my culture, an expected husband is, is expected to take care of you. He's expected to take care of his children, provide mm. shelter, provide good food, provide all mm-hmm. these kinds of things. So all this he was doing, so it was just the abuse. And so mm. no one kind of really understood that mm-hmm. there is... There is no happiness in, in abuse as much as I have this other things that you you think would make me happy, you know. So mm. it was a struggle for me to kind of break through that um, that barrier. And when I eventually got out of my marriage, I became an outcast in my oh, family. Wow. Yeah, in my family because I didn't want to go back to to this man and yeah, all, all sorts of, 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 of words were said, all sorts of things were said, a lot that I that I really couldn't handle, you know, mm. but yeah, so it was so, really hard for me. Okay, so let me interject because there's a, you know, as you're, as you're speaking, I'm listening and my brain is going crazy with questions. So okay. you were married for five years and within that yeah. five years you had two kids. Did you finish yeah. university? Uh, not really. I let her finish later at a later stage. Mm, yes, I, I, I later enrolled into a program at a later stage. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah. And and when did he start coming? When did he start becoming abusive? I think it was uh, the second year in in my marriage. That's when the abuse started and uh it became worse maybe in this fourth year and the fifth year i i was just like i i i couldn't i couldn't do it anymore you know okay. so yeah yeah and it was i guess both verbal and physical abuse yeah it was both verbal emotional and physical and then when you when you tried when you went to your family and you said okay I can't take it anymore anymore I would like to leave they didn't support you because culturally it's not accepted to leave your your family your husband is that correct yes uh, then my dad had passed on so mm. yes so the uncles took over because that's mm. what happens in my culture so when mm-hmm. your dad passes on the uncles take over and my mm-hmm. mom didn't have a say in all this. It was the uncles who, who had to take over. So my mom was kind of like behind the scenes. But my mm. mom was like, any decision that you make, I will rally and stand behind you 100%. Right. Yeah. Wow. But, yeah, but still it was hard for her 
event to really stand out and 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 say okay this is this is this is what i'm i'm saying this is my my position you know so a woman is not the woman is not expected to your mother wasn't expected to have a position it's just the men the men kind of take over and and they manage everything yeah i think it was more to do with um pro- trying to protect everybody else like in the event that anything happens to me because what happens is anything that happens you have to go to the uncles mm yeah, yeah. so it was more of like trying to to balance the two to provide a support structure for me at the same time like uh trying to to work on on a way out so things are changing now but before in 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 my in my uh in my clan where i come from women didn't have any say mm yes okay yeah okay so now i we understand that situation so then what led to you eventually getting the divorce what happened uh what happened was you know i had a friend and um one day she said something so powerful mm-hmm. she, i like she those said, kinds of friends <laughs> yeah she said something to me so powerful she talked to me about uh, there's there's an incident actually that happened in my country where a politician killed his wife jesus but mm. um this this he was a well known politician so according to 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 the story that that we heard this woman mm-hmm. would always complain about the abuse but nobody like took any action so when she said to me you are going to be next i was like wow. oh my god yeah she she was very she was very blunt and she says you're going to be next if you don't if you don't run with with your life mm-hmm. those things really do happen so that got me thinking and that mm-hmm. got me thinking about my children as well and also my my siblings so that's how i eventually left mm. yeah yeah so leaving meant was it did you flee with your kids one day when he wasn't at home did you how how did that happen because i imagine he he wasn't happy about he wouldn't let you go i mean you couldn't yeah. go right yeah yeah you couldn't let me go but uh It was in the middle of the night and we had a fight and um I just like really ran to the neighbor's house and that was it. And from then on I was like I I am not going back there. Mm. And that was it. Wow. And that was yeah. it. So that he had to it. accept it. Did he try mm-hmm. to bring you back? Did he try to fight and bring you home like forcefully? Was there anything like that? Try to talk to people to get you back home? Yeah, yeah, he did. He he did. He did try to 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 bring me back home, but I had I had left several times and came back. So, I was just like I don't think this is going to change. Wow. Yes. Okay. It it had it became the norm going fighting, going home and coming back, going home and coming back. But this mm. time I I was just like, you know what? I I have made up my mind. I'm not going back. Yeah. 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 You know, 
For someone who has been through an experience like this, and I mean, this is very common, as we know, this is not, you know, some kind of shocking story like, oh my God, abuse. I mean, it, it, women are abused all the time. It's a common yep. story. And in, and I mean, in some countries, it's like they say every two minutes a woman is, is abused or every yeah. minute a woman is killed by her husband. I mean, I think globally, the biggest killer of women is is her husband. It's in the home. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fact. So yeah, this shouldn't yeah, yeah. surprise this shouldn't surprise anyone. But for someone who hasn't experienced it themselves, who hasn't been in a very and there's different kinds of abuse, you know. Um, vi- there's the vi- physical, there's the emotional, there's the verbal. How for someone listening into this who doesn't who who's never been in this kind of a relationship, how could you how can you best explain that feeling to them I mean or even to me I I've been in relationships I didn't like but it's never been you know verbal or emotional or anything like that but how how can you describe that to someone like myself or someone else who hasn't been in that kind of situation and especially having kids because you hear women say all the time you hear people say to women all the time but think about your kids think about your kids but it's not that easy to leave to leave these relationships. I've seen so many TED Talks and read books about it, and it's just not that easy to leave. So what is that like when you're in that situation? And mentally, how how do you get out of that kind of situation? Because it's a, it's a mind game, isn't it? More it so is. Than Definitely. It is a mind game. And what it does is um, words destroy you. Mm. So there's there's this distraction that happens within you emotionally and all your confidence is kind of stripped away from you. Mm, exactly. Yes. So as as you look at yourself, you you don't see the value in you anymore. All that fire, all that spark, it, it kind of dies down. Yeah. You know, it, yes, it kind of dies down all those dreams, all those visions that you have as 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 as, as a young child, as uh, growing up. They that will all go, and um, all you'll be asking is, what went wrong? What did I do wrong? What went wrong? Where did I miss it? Yeah. You know, yes. Where did I miss it? And you also blame yourself. Like, why did I even get married? Why did I even get into this relationship? You know, and you also blame yourself for other things that will be happening. Like, maybe it's my fault. Maybe I did this. Mm-hmm. Maybe I did that. And you try to mm-hmm. do better. Yes. And you try to do better. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it is really difficult to explain because it hits you to the bone. Yeah. You, but you f- Yeah. You feel like a failure. You feel like. You know, it's 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 something that has been taken away from you. You know, but were there were there signs? Because obviously, it's not like oh, he was such a nice guy, and then one day he became abusive. You know. Uh, usually, the signs sometimes are not like red in out in the open because, like I told you, my parents were really strict. So mm. we didn't spend much time together. And I was 18 as well. Mm. So mm. Oh, oh, every time we met, it was like a lovey-dovey kind of situation. So I never really 
like picked up on the signs, you know. Yeah, because you yeah. because there wasn't that period of courtship that you would no, go through they, where you would get to meet someone. It was just like, okay, he wants to marry you. Fine, let's do it. Yes, it's like okay, fine, let's let's go ahead, let's do it. And that's that's some of the some of the criticism that sort of more traditional, if we want to call it cultured marriages, get because um, depending on how 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 fast it goes, you may not get that time. Like we all know, like I have friends whose parents, you know, they they literally met on the night they got married, and that was it. <laughs> you know, and it was just based it was just based on the families. The family said this is a good thing. Or I know I've met women who, you know, they they met their they met their potential husband maybe like a few weeks and then they got married. And you know, in some instances it works out and it's like, yeah, it's great. But then in other times that person can be abusive and it's a lot of it is because you didn't really get a chance to court and and so on. Because sometimes the culture is so traditional that you don't believe in courting you don't believe in that you just kind of you get married and you you accept whatever comes just accept you know yeah so, sometimes you just accept whatever comes but like you are saying i think it it, it happens in in um i mean in all instances but in some instances the longer you date maybe the better because you get to to meet this person but i think it 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 is yeah it is it is tough because it can happen both ways. Yeah, obviously. I mean, we know stories of it working out, but then there are also mm -hmm. stories of of it not working out. So yeah, true. Okay, so so then you get a divorce, right? And and you have your your two kids with you, I imagine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then, what happens next? You what do you do next? And then, how did you end up in China? Uh, what I do next is um. I started, I went back to school and I started, I went to South Africa and I worked for a while in South Africa. I came back to Zimbabwe, worked for FedEx International and I opened a business. And when I opened a business, I came to China. But then um, at that particular point, I began to start leaving my, my, my dream. I, I started gaining my confidence back. Mm -hmm. Though it wasn't, yes, though it wasn't like, back fully but uh, I started gaining my confidence back and mm -hmm. um, the vision that I had came to life and also um, at that time I began to to, to I, I became closer to God a little mm. bit more than 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 I was because I didn't have anyone to go to because everybody else was saying why did you leave you know, so I, I ended up like really finding solace in God and would mm. just tell him all my problems and what would happen. So that kept me going. And um, eventually I opened a business and I wanted to come to China to 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 purchase some stuff. And my sister, my cousin was already here in China. Mm. And then she said, uh, why don't you try just um getting into the Chinese education system so you can see how it runs since you 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 really have a vision and you need the finances as well to finance your your vision and then I was like oh okay cool I think I can do that so that's how I ended up staying in China actually 
Okay, so let's talk about when you went back to school. So you went back to school and you finished your undergrad, your first degree. I went into uh, purchasing and materials management. So I did a program in logistics. <laughs> wow, okay. And then you, you said it sounded like you were traveling in China. You were coming back and forth. Yes, I was traveling between Dubai, Dubai, China, because in, in Zimbabwe, the three biggest uh, countries that people buy from at that particular time was uh, South Africa, Dubai, and, and China. Uh, people used to, to, to buy from the UK, but not anymore. So the forecast was on Dubai and China. So yeah, Dubai, China, I think in Thailand, yes. So mm, mm. yes, yeah, so then I went to Dubai, bought some stuff. Then eventually wow. someone told me Dubai is cheaper than China, then came to, to China. Okay, okay. And then you started a business. Tell me about the business. This is the part that we really want to know about now. The business. So uh, the business that I started in, in Zim, funny enough, was a salon business, a hair salon business. So then uh, when I came to China, I met, uh, when I met with my sister, she told me to stay. And then, then I began, when I stayed in China, I began to dig deeper into what I really wanted. I always wanted to have an orphanage. I always wanted to 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 build churches but this time my story had changed because of what i'd been through so uh. there was an addition in my vision which was women like uh, marginalized women and abused women because for me it was like i need to help someone else because when i needed help no one was there because people didn't understand where I, uh -huh. I, I was coming from because they hadn't been in that situation. So I say to myself, I, I really want to help other women. So uh -huh. I also wanted to help marginalized women as well. Uh -huh. And uh, I really wanted to try something that, that they could do. So because not everybody else is educated as everyone else. Yeah. That is, yes, that is where my my heart was, like raising up women. So because I knew if someone is educated, it's easier to walk in somewhere and get a job. But what if this woman who has potential, who has talent, you know, but she has no one to believe in her. So right. that's when I, I remember like three years ago, I prayed for like something that I could do that women can do, you know, then I prayed. Then uh, one day I was watching this woman making jewelry on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. somewhere my heart was just like, this is it. This is what I should do. Then mm. I started learning how to make jewelry through YouTube. And mm. then I, yes. So I remember I, I have a very supportive best friend here in China. Her name okay. is Tola. Yes. And then I told you of this new vision and this dream that I had. And she says to me, she poses a very powerful question because she was like, what should I do? And I was like, wow, I need you to mm -hmm. help me buy this and that and that and that and that and that and that. And I need you to come with, come up with a program and uh, let's do this. And she was like, okay, I'm on board. So I remember I bought stuff. 
and um, I met earrings. I met 150 pairs of earrings. I was just mm. laying them down in my house, and I was like, Lord, please help me. And then when I had made these earrings, I was like, where do I start? I made all mm. these earrings, 150 pairs of earrings. Where do I start? What do I do now? You know, mm. and then my boss then was from New Zealand at that time. And she was like, Tina, I love your vision. Come with your stuff. Wow. Yes. Yeah, she was like, I love your vision. Let's have an exhibition at, at work during lunchtime. I remember my first sale was 900 yuan at work. You know? Oh, my gosh. Yes, and and that was it. And everyone around me was so supportive that, you know, that was it. Then Terios was launched, and I was like, this is it. So I've never stopped since then, and I've achieved, like, part of the dream and part of the vision that I've been, I've been, like, really working, working towards. But one minute now, when you came to China, did you come as a student? Uh, no, I came, I came as, as, as a teacher. I see. Okay. So you were working. Okay. That's the part I'm missing. Yeah. Okay. And, but you found a lot of support for your business within that environment. Yes. Within that environment. Okay. And where were, where were you based when you first came to China? I was based in, in Guangzhou, but I moved. Guangzhou. Yeah. Yes. But I moved from Guangzhou after a few months and I came to Beijing. Okay, now for those who don't know, Guangzhou is in Guangdong province, which is in southern China. It's called Little Africa down there, <laughs> or used to be called. Um, but now you're in Beijing, which is yeah. up in the northeast of the country, closer to us here. And not that close to Shanghai, actually further away, but more close to, let me see, is that Liaoning? More up, up top, close to Inner Mongolia. <laughs> yes. Yeah way up there where it gets very cold so that's where it, you're based yeah. now yes and it's very cold in there in beijing now isn't it, it? Is like how cold, cold is it it's fr it's always freezing up there today, i think today it was like between minus seven minus three minus seven something like that somewhere there but it was cold <laughs> and it gets really hot as well Oh yeah, yeah. I've been to Beijing in in the summer. It does. Yeah, the the your you know the weather patterns there are are quite uh, extreme. Yeah, they are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, awesome. Okay, so now the business. What is it called? Uh, it's called Chariots. Chariots. Okay. Yes, but also we have a foundation called People at Heart Foundation. Okay. Okay. And tell it. So tell me more. Okay. So let's begin with chariots first, and then we can go into the foundation. Uh, so chariots is a jewelry making business that makes uh, all kinds of jewelry and bags as well, and mm -hmm. all profit proceeds go towards uh, these women empowerment programs. It goes towards. Um, uh, financing children's uh, tuition fees and uh, also we do a lot of drives like uh, last year we had the bag drive and through the mm -hmm. bag drive uh, we managed to buy sewing machines sorry the scarf drive through the scarf drive we managed to buy sewing machines and we managed to buy equipment for our early childhood center 
And this year we have the bag drive where we are doing like African print bags, batik mm-hmm, fabric mm-hmm. from uh, from Zimbabwe. The fabric is from Zimbabwe and the prints are from Zimbabwe as well. Okay. So with the bag drive this year, we we met uh, women in in Zimbabwe when we held a conference last year through People at Heart. And so um, we are trying to sponsor these women to 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 give them capital for mm-hmm. the ideas that they have because they do have brilliant ideas for the ideas that they have so that they can start their own little projects so they can take care of their families. Mm, wow, fantastic, fantastic. Thank so, you. So so and everything is made by yourself? Everything is made by myself. But the bags that we have this year, I make some of them, but some of them I made by the local Zimbabwean community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And the the proceeds you say go towards, tell us where exactly they're going and how that works. Okay, so through People at Heart Foundation, we build an early childhood center for mm-hmm. marginalized children and uh you know they say charity begins at home so of yeah. course the early childhood center is in my little town where i grew up in called rusape so we we have uh, uh children of the ages three to six so what happens is we we went around our community and we have a criteria that we use. So they have to be children from like orphan parents or both or one parent should be deceased or uh, parents like single mother parents, single mothers that are trying to raise their children, but they cannot or child headed families or families that are being taken care of by the elderly people that cannot be able to to take them to school so oh, wow. the, so the early childhood is just our first step and uh, after they graduate like we have our first graduation on Friday this Friday yay wow that's exciting <laughs> It is. So after they graduate, they get they enroll into a primary school program for People at Heart Foundation and will pay school fees mm-hmm. for them until they reach to tertiary tertiary education. So every year we have a different uh, different batch of, 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 of children. And mm-hmm. uh, for the children from single mother parents, single mothers, we what we do is we empower the single mother and when mm-hmm. we empower the single mother then they take the child because they're able to take care of their children so then they take the child who is in the program they pull them out of the program and take care of their own because we realize that it's really hard to empower the parent and forget about the child so we are doing a little bit of both, and once they're on their feet, they take care of their children. Wow. Because and I have long... a heart for single mothers, so yeah. Right, right. But how long have you been doing this? I've been doing chariots for three years, and mm. uh, over the years, I, I I have been building my, my own home for me and my children. 
but along the way I, I i felt the need to just give it away so it becomes this early childhood center so my my daughter and my son they did agree to this because they they do have a very beautiful heart mm. <laughs> so mm. they agreed that we 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 do this so we are only allowed to 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 use this place as a commercial place for like a year or two years until mm-hmm. we we purchase a new place that we can use for for this so that is what 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 happened in in this instance so the early childhood center was opened in may this year okay okay yeah. fantastic this is very this is you know exactly the reason why i wanted you to come on the podcast because i think you, this entire story is very inspiring how you, you know, you started off and obviously your your struggle, your challenges in the beginning with your first marriage have inspired this, yes? Yes, they, 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 yes, they, they have in, 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 in a very, very big way. They, they, yeah. they have, yeah, yeah, they have. And also I do a lot of motivational speaking and I speak to, 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 like I mentioned before, we, we host conferences because sometimes uh, when people go through stuff, they, they just need to be with people that have been through the same stuff so they can talk it out and strengthen each other. So last year in july we had one powerful conference with uh, single mothers where we just decided that we're gonna spoil single mothers because as a single mother whether you're a widow or uh or you're divorced you never you never have time for yourself you're always working to provide for the right. next person yes right, you're always right. working to provide for your children so we just decided to spoil them and uh, we took them to a very beautiful place called um, inyanga in my country for like mm-hmm. two days yes for like two days nothing we paid for everything and then we also gave out like food hampers and we had business workshops we had um health workshops because the, the the main thing that we talked about when in, in in terms of health was stress because we we discovered that more of them go into depression and mm. um and stress as well because of what happened so we're talking about stress how it comes how to 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 realize that you're actually depressed and how to come out of it as well so yeah. that that's part of 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 the the, the things that I'm doing now. And we ju- don't just host conferences. Out of the conferences, we pick a group of women that will start a project. So we have one that's starting a maze project this November, I think next week. They'll come mm. together and they'll start a project and they get the proceeds and we'll do this for like two, two cycles and then they're mm. on their feet. And then they help the next batch of women. So then, right. so the 50, at the end of the day, the 50 women that we took to the conference, everyone, we believe that everyone should be catered for and we make follow-ups of how everything is going. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So tell me, what is, what is the future? What is the vision? Where is, where do you want this to go? Where will it go? 
the, the, the vision is I want to have a group of schools because I believe so much in, in education. I believe so mm -hmm. much in, in, in a shift in, in people's mindset about a lot of stuff. So, so for me, the thing is education for, 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 for everybody and also empowering women. I believe women have potential, like they do have sometimes like in, 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 in different countries, it's really hard for resources to be allocated to women and stuff. So we're working on these empowerment programs so that women will be able to stand together. So my thing is bringing women together right? and standing together and creating something together and building our continent or building our community brick by brick. You know, like it's, 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 it's hard to do it at one goal, but we're saying let's build it brick by brick, community by community, and eventually we are looking towards uh, meeting with other women that, that are from different countries, then we can come together and do the same thing in, in, the, different, uh, in the different countries. Then we create this thing, this, this women's movement of empowering one another. You don't have to wait to be a billionaire before you, you, you know, you can help the next person. So that's, 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 that's my drive. That's that's where I'm going to and working towards just empowering women, starting from my community, Zimbabwe, regionally, and the world. Greetings, everyone. Joanne here. Firstly, thank you so much for listening in to this week's podcast with Tina. It was such an inspiring story. Tina is such a courageous and brave woman, and I'm really grateful for her for just coming on and being so vulnerable and authentic and open about her entire experience. And I've learned so much from her journey, and I hope you did as well. Unfortunately, the last two minutes of the podcast had to be edited due to technical difficulties. So I really wanted to honor Tina's story. So essentially, I'm here to tell you what you missed. And it's just one point, but it's a very important point, And it's a really important part of her story as well. So Tina met a guy, fell in love, and is now happily remarried and living a very blissful existence. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure that you knew that that's what you missed. And I hope that brings everything full circle for you. Once again, really appreciate all your support for the podcast. Keep listening in. Lots of more interesting, exciting stories to share with you on entrepreneurship, leadership, and all things good from the developing world. Okay, so until next week, bye for now. Mm -hmm.